Oh yeah. That's her. Oh yeah. Oh, you got the. Oh. Got the I'm, I'm gonna give it to you one more again because you wasn't prepared. I'm gonna give you the golf clap of all golf claps because y'all deserve it. Yeah. Hey, how, hey, yeah. How you doing? How's everybody? I thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Far too kind. Uh, good man, my twinzo. You know it. You know it. Well, you know, Moschino is always fashionably late. It's okay. It's only right. He'll be tuning in. You know, he's he's going to come in in a second. Right, right. So look, look, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to position this in the right way, the the way that it's that it deserves to be positioned, which is these men of the museum that that some of y'all um, have come to know them recently, maybe, but majority of course, uh, knows these young men to be great men of our nation's capital, but not just our nation's capital, but the chocolate city that we we all heard the tales and all the stories. These men are actual, um, um, I would say, freedom fighters on the front line all the time when it comes to their city. And not just from one aspect, but from a, 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 an abundance, an array of different pockets. And that's the, that's the point of this platform. DC, a chocolate city story is not just to have a conversation about how y'all started, but to really highlight the facts that y'all y'all have done way more than what the naked eye probably has received in Washington DC. Like you guys span from the fashion industry, um, the music industry, um, the the I mean the the human wellness industry. Like y'all y'all are in a lot of different pockets. So this is what this is for. So, ladies and gentlemen, one more time, the Museum DC. Hip, hip. You know what it is. Welcome to the bar now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you miss me? Did you miss me? No, but twin, um, go ahead and introduce yourself, which I'm, I'm sure the Spice Sweet in here. I see you, girl. She's going to be a guest as well. Get ready for the date. We'll drop that. But twin, um, the, introduce yourself, and let's go back to... Um, the Chocolate City, like the 80s. Let's go to the 80s. Let's go back to you you and Mo and everybody. I'd like, like to introduce somebody right now. Yeah. Oh, man, there he is. I, I could have known. There goes that. There goes the, handsome, there goes the handsome face. There it is. Hey, Martin, uh, knock off. <laughs> he, he, ladies and gentlemen, let's, I'm going to put him on the spot right now because as much as Mo always wants to throw a little jab, I'm ready always. That's what you know, buddy. You know I'm ready. Romy Rome in a cup. Versace wallpaper? Hey, they playing good over there, huh? Listen, listen. Um, we're, not, <laughs> we're not here for that. Let's stay on course, all right? <laughs> what we are here for is to highlight you guys, all jokes aside, because I, I, you, you guys are dear friends of mine personally, but I wanted to really, 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 on a, in a serious note, when DC of Chocolate City was sitting on my heart all these years that I've been in DC, um, 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 doing my role as you know ambassador of, of, of liquor companies and radio and uh, and just all that I bring to the table. You guys are people that I've seen not just transition and capitalize and 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 manage and maintain different pockets within the industry. So that's why I wanted to have this moment so that you guys could tell your DC a Chocolate City story. So, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's the way you're so look, the floor, look, I've been fucking look, go ahead, yo, take us back, man. Yo, Mo, take us back to uptown. You growing up as a kid, twin, Southeast. Let me go first. Let's talk. Yeah. 
All right, well, um, I'm uh, let me get my chair real quick. Yeah, get comfortable. This is not this. This is look, look, look. Listen, I'm right, trying to move over, Jay Leno. Yeah, we we redoing the store right so, now. Man, we was uh, the, uh, our wallpaper guy was out there, but it's all good. I I got a few minutes for my good man. That, that that's what I need. I need I need it. I need it. So talk you to could me. never be me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So look, I I grew up uh uptown, which is um off of 14th Street, 14th and Clifton Street. We're surrounded by a couple different streets. You got Belmont and Chapelin and Fairmont. Um, pretty much, I grew up in sports. Um, Boys and Girls Club from before I could even know. My dad was you coaching hoop. me. You hoop hoop, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Amongst the best. Yeah, sure. Yep, 100%. So right. um, that was my first love, basketball. Um, I let that carry me throughout the city. So I was able to connect with people on other sides of the city, such as like G&M over Southeast basketball allowed you to do those things you know what i mean right you're going different neighborhoods and people will be able to respect you and you know you had a past that created a past for you and that was a right. blessing you know so um pretty much i grew up uptown fast paces uh similar to some people will probably call like harlem you know kind of flashy guys but i keep so, hearing so like so, talking so is know? that a coincidence that a lot of like being me being from new york i grew up knowing that harlem was considered uptown is that a coincidence or where's the it just happened that way i don't, I don't know but it's it, similar though for sure right. so you know flashy well-dressed guys you know i mean it comes you know that sort of thing or whatever right. so um play basketball majority um went to school uptown um pretty much my dad coached, like I said, um, all my brothers played, you know, a lot of my family played sports. So that was the, like the driving force for me right. um, as far as creating like, you know, a name. But like before me, my dad and my brothers and stuff like that, they had already created a legacy. So it was kind of drawn up for me. Right. So by the time, you know, I came into 12, 13 years old making a name for myself, it kind of was already, it was pre-made, it was already baked. The cake was already baked. Right. Like it was pulling right. out the oven. You know what I mean? But so. but you know, but Mo, and I I wanna I wanna highlight that piece because that that to some might sound like, and I'm putting this in quotes, silver spoon. But cats like y'all put y'all yeah. own work in, even though that y'all had the. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Which is a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like. So, what was that driving force in you personally that made it that you ain't just want no handouts and the props because of who your who your um your your your, your father and uncles and all of those big homies were. But you wanted had, to make your I own. Had, I had uh, I had four brothers and one sister, so I mean, I had to go out and get my own. Like I watched them make mistakes, and I was able to take from them. Right. You know, and kind of drive up my own, you know, thing. And then, like I said, as my brothers and sisters got older, they kind of like scattered out. You know, they was you know right. they friends and things of that nature. So I was home still with moms. You know doing anything so was, at one point at what, at what what age would you be about about 10 it happened for me saying oh it's time for me to be my own so do you, own. so and during that point would you say that it was almost like you became like you had siblings but then now you became like an only child for a moment is that yeah oh, yeah I was, I was the only child everybody else was kind of out the house already you know what i mean right. so I, and I still, and, and that made my mom focus more on me. So I had to go with the fight of being a boy and wanting to be outside. Right. You know, but she couldn't focus on my brothers and them. They was already out the door. You know mm. what I mean? So right. I couldn't be slick, like, you know, and do this and do that. She was calling right. and see where I was at, you know. And we had moved because, of, you know, um, the city had started changing around that time. So we had moved on the other side of the city where I wasn't from. Uh, I'm familiar with, you know what I'm saying, which was over on the south side. Is that where you met G? Like, let's nah, nah, I met, oh, G, I met G because people were, in boys club, people were always 
pick two people who play the same position got you. who are elite in that position got you. and they would just put you up against so i heard about him before i even knew him you know what i'm saying so then i'm like yeah they keep telling some man who the you know this nigga g could beat me and this and that so i'm like okay who is this nigga so who is my team play him and then you know we was cool with that but then we also used to connect because the skating ring crystal skating ring was like this popping thing where you went on fridays and saturdays they had teen night or whatever so you know you would know people neighbor like the front line guys in the neighborhood wasn't always the guys that you know was on the front line with, with pistols or who was you know getting a lot of money it was like the popular guy who dressed you know very well or the guy who played basketball who everybody knew or whatever sure. so you know in my neighborhood i could say that you know i was one of the up and coming you know popular names if you spoke you, you about was that one of the guys i'll say it right, right 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 so it was same, one of them guys yeah so the same thing went for g on his side of town and especially where he from so when you went to the crystal skating ring with your neighborhood you know you one of the guys on in the forefront so when y'all go take the pictures up niggas be like oh yeah that's such a such that's right the, there. <laughs> so you be familiar with that you know what i'm right. saying and then the, the kitty cabarets and the kitty go-go's you would hear certain bands put on certain people and then you would figure out who they was this before social media you know what i'm right. saying right this, with this, this whoever you predicted on your name whoever right. you had you said you was you had to be yes, there sir. you know what i'm saying so like i said and during that time you know before social media you had to be somebody and it was ways that you became popular like one your uncle and them had all the dope but was getting all the money Got you. you had a big family and they loved to fight niggas knew you from that right you fly you know what i'm saying or or, or you could you could fight real well pockets for everybody right pockets, that, that and those were the way or you could play basketball or you was great in football or you had a lot of girls or you was getting a lot of money and that's what people knew you but everybody had an asterisk to them no to their question game, right? no right. question and that is so funny buzz it wasn't easy to spread that so the streets had to spread that for you right it was only, it, your stories was being told through the people you get what mm -hmm. I'm saying? They, they were like, y'all mouthpieces when it came to yo, you know, most slim, slim See, from now us. Now it's different because you can create your own story and All sell right. it to somebody, and then they gonna sell it because they don't know no background check. Right. You get All what right. I'm saying? But see, back in the day, it was way different. You had to be who they said you was. So when they heard certain things about you, like oh yeah, you know, Slim could play basketball, this and that, this and that. So if they saw you down playing in one of the tournaments over Trinidad or down Southwest yeah. or something like that. Niggas looking for that name they didn't heard. Like you know yo, what, right? So would you right. say so? DC always was a, a healthy, competitive town. Like from back in it the still is. it still is. This, yeah. Right, it right. still is. I feel, like, know, I feel like DC is a a strong man time city. Like meaning like a a real like you you gotta really show a show. You gotta put your money where your mouth is. Like yeah, hundred percent. And that trip was always to how DC carries it. Century. Cause you guys, people about DC guys in the penitentiary. It's the same thing. They on man time. Right. They gonna see about you. Right. Smell that cologne. See what you smelling. For sure. So I mean, right. like I said, and it's it's been competitive all around the board, not just with sports, but just in general. Like you gotta think about it. We have small blocks. There's nowhere else where it's like, okay, you have 14th Street runs a long line, right? Yes. It's probably price 50, 60 streets, right? right. On 14th Street, more than that, right? And you would say, okay, you would have one street, which is Euclid Street. Who would be have differences with the street that's one block over? Oh, with, yeah, which that, is that Amon close? Street. Yeah, it's that it's that close. Like it's that competitive that you is beefing with one block that's one block over from you. And remind you, this block is only a block. It ain't no. It ain't it's, it's, super it's, neighbor, it's, two buildings on the one block. Dang. So there was it's that competitive. But and I'm sure while 
while that kind of friction is going on within your neighborhood, then y'all still got to worry about the South side people or the, right? Like the outside. Yeah, when you go to City Place Mall and all that, you go with your men and y'all deep up there and all that, you got to know who, who up there and what territory it is. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's always been like that, though, from even to this day. You know what I'm saying? It is crazy. It's a crazy thing. But, I mean, when you really think about it, it's, it's like that. It's like that. And I feel like, because I, I want to keep that, y'all are on a good track. So, I feel like UNG, once once y'all showed up at the, you know, skating rink, and what, I feel like y'all y'all realized y'all had so much in common, even though right. he's a South, Southeast right. man for Uptown. It's right. almost, and then that's where the friendship and the business. Right. Uh, so let's go to that part, like, where you guys ventured together. Because I'm sure you had a lot of great individual stuff you were doing before me right. and vice versa. But when did that fuse, when did the lightning bolt go into the bottle for the two of y'all from your perspective because well, want well see the luxury of it is it never matter about the amount of money that we went we made or right. any business that we ever did because the friendship and the bond was there before any money was made when we was broke together you see what i'm saying so no matter what business we endeavor in or we decide to lose money in or we make money in it was already a core right there's a, a foundation why you and him are even in conversation on a yeah, record. So I, I, I don't even care about that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Family members. Yeah. Uncles, cousins, fathers, everybody like this. Tight. Yeah, so, and it really clicked for us on the business side. We was in two different worlds. I actually went to, when I left, when I when I got to my second year of college, I had heard about Virginia State, right? So it's a funny story. Tell the story. So, Tell the story. Party, That's cool. I'm trying to get there. Man, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I hadn't talked to G because I went away to JUCO to play basketball in San Diego after my freshman year. Got you. So, got into some little trouble out there, came back. I was like, I'm just going to go to school. I'm burnt out when it comes to basketball. It's so much of it in life that I could possibly be yeah. doing, right? So, I was like, all right, cool. So, I heard about Virginia State and me not knowing, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. So, I go sign up on my butt thinking it's one school in Virginia. In Richmond. <laughs> In the whole state of Virginia, Mo? No, just during that area in between oh, Petersburg right. and Richmond. Got you, got you, got so you. So I get there on the first day of school. I'm off the surprising them, Joan. Like, yeah, I done came down, go to school. And at this time, I'm on something totally different. I'm one foot in the street and then the yeah, other foot yeah, just yeah. wherever it go. Whatever. Absolutely. So I'm like, all right, cool. I get to school and I'm like, all right, bet. I hit this nigga on the first day. I'm like, yeah, fool, where you at, baby boy? I'm out here. He's like, yeah, I'm out here too. I'm like, nah, I'm in front of the cab. He like, fool, I'm in front of the cab. And then he like, nah, I'm right here in front of the cab. And at this time, you know, it was sidekicks. It wasn't no FaceTime or none of that, right? right? So I'm like, yo, what's the name of the joint you in front of? He like, yeah, I'm in front of Falls Hall. I'm like, yeah, yeah, nah, my joint don't read that. I'm probably around the corner on the backside or something. Right. So then he like, nah, you somewhere else. So then I found out that I registered for the wrong school. So where were you? At Virginia Union. At VU, but wait, yeah, that, man, Virginia that far Union, from state? Bro. That's far from state? 25 minutes. <laughs> he dropped the location, right? He dropped the location. He said, Mo, look, find this, y'all. Put this in your GPS. This is where I'm at. So this is the first day of school. I get in the whip, go up to his school, and then I saw what everybody ever talked about. And right. I was sad for 30 days, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I was sick, man. You hear me? I said, oh, it's real love. Here, this Chocolate City. It looked like oh. D.C. You oh, know what I'm saying? Oh, word. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I never saw nothing like it. And I went to Howard. 
after I left Virginia. Wait, you went to Howard? Yeah, Howard. It was it wasn't Virginia State. It wasn't. Virginia but but State. look look look. Is it safe to say maybe because because you're used to you know how sometimes it's more enticing that it because you don't have to deal with it on the regular. Uh -huh. Nah, nah it just wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was. A different don't nobody love. never want to admit that either. It's, it was a different love. Hey, you a bro. Morgan guy? I'm a Morgan man. We bleed the same blue and orange. Blue and orange. Right. right. So, right. like I said, that John had took us to that to school, and we was down school, and we was in two different worlds. You know, G was always business oriented. Me, I'm like, where the cash at? Right. Yeah, straight yeah, up. Trying to get so, so, and then so, it was so close to home, so. Even if I wanted to keep my head on right and be at school and love school, it, when I went home in the weekend, old. my man and them, they was busting that on and shit like that. So I was seeing two different worlds. Like right. Kids at school who had like a real plan and wanting to do something. So yeah. I was balancing between two different worlds. You know what I mean? And then like after school, like I said, G was still, man, this nigga was just determined to be great. Like and start his own business and not work for nobody. And me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I'm self-employed too, but I'm just self-employed the other way. The other way, right, right, yeah. right. So then he painted this picture for me one time, you know, when he was up in New York. And um, he came home one weekend, and I don't know why we was drinking this shit, man. But um, What you was drinking? What you was drinking? liquor, right? And he was like, yo, I'm about to quit my job. And he was making like 90 bands up in New York. And I'm like, shit, boy, you crazy. I ain't, don't do that. He like, nah, I'm just not about to work for nobody else, bro. I'm sitting there watching my ideas being passed along and people moving up and I'm still in the same spot because I'm young and mm. people intimidated by me and my potential. Wow. So, you know, I'm just, a, I'm still outside. So I'm like, yo, man, G9, you gonna be all right, bro. You know what I'm saying? Da, da, da. And that nigga said, fuck no, I ain't going back. And I was like, huh? So I saw for somebody to take that type of risk and say, I'm leaving a $90,000 job to come back and do my own thing. I was like, this nigga must got a vicious plan, and it's probably my way out to give me some little cheese. I'm like, I'm going to fuck with him. So he drew up this thing, and, and at this time, I had never seen a marketing deck, right? Just being right. honest. The nigga drew up a marketing deck, and I was like, oh, shit. It's so detailed. And it was numbers, and it was estimates, and projections like all like, like every i was like oh yeah so then i said to myself like man i'm gonna go with it you know what i'm saying whatever he trying to do i'm gonna I'm rock with that right. and that's when the business came we had our ups and downs in businesses because you know he believed in certain things and i'm just like nah bro them niggas is corny let's not do that you know but you find a way you know what i'm saying find then, way. like i said but if you got if you got the brothership and the connection before the business the business ain't never gonna break you never bro. It's never gonna break you. Never. I'm talking. I've been broke, broke. Like when we first got on tour, Wale, nigga, we was in the room. It was like, man, probably six of us. Let's let's go there. One joint, bro. I like G, all that that joint. I gotta go handle something real quick. No, but mo, but mo, we appreciate your your time. I I'll be back, bro. Don't I'll be back. He just going to handle some business. All right, good. I like that. So now he just he just threw you the oop. Yeah, look. Shout out to Frank Cook on the ones and twos. One of the storytellers. In the in the business, he he locked in on here. Flexi, you've been amazing. Oh man, who who's that? Amazing, and you look real handsome. You look like somebody familiar. Oh man, thank you. <laughs> hey hey, listen listen, move over, Jay Leno. <laughs> hey, nah, for real, man. But like Paul was saying, you right. know, our our bond can never be broken because we family before anything. You know right. what I'm saying? Like blood couldn't make us any more family than we are. And um, you know, like he said. Early on, you know, um, we wasn't uh, like dead.
head broke, but we we weren't rich either. Right. And, and we took a lot of sacrifices. Like we first got on tour Wale, we paid our own way. So, so, so we're at BOA point right now because I like it. Cause yeah, so that was my plan that I showed Mo. That the plan that you showed Mo with all the numbers that was board of of administration. Yeah, exactly. And was your first project Wale or the that was like the, the first, first project one. was Trey at UCB. Trey UCB. We tell where yeah. Trey at, man. Trey yeah. up in the so we we was uh we actually was was trying to manage we was managing Trey for a while. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Him as an individual, as an artist. Um right. and you know, we tried to become like this A and R group or lifestyle group. You know, we did some work for Phil Day on his first project. Shout out to uh, you know, Dre, shout out to Dre. Shout you out know, he, he gave us an opportunity there, you know. Um, we worked on that. We actually helped put together his release event that was at Commonwealth. At the, so at the time I had Sparkling Nouveau, um, was consulting for them. That was all that brand ambassador situation. All of this is happening at the same time, right? It's the same time, you know. Um, and so when I got that position to be the brand ambassador for Sparkling Nouveau. I sponsored Phil's event. I had uh, it was two two girls. It was Sydney Lauren and and one other one other girl. So you were you were wearing two major hats at the same time and were infusing the two because you had the event. You was into the event stuff and then also Definitely. you got the brand the brand expense. So you were Definitely. rocking and you had the relationships. And, okay. Definitely, it was a crazy time, you know. Um, but you know when I when I had the plan, I presented it to Mo because I understood very early what people are doing right now, you know, financial freedom, um, you know, owning your intellectual property yes. and things of that nature. You know, yeah. I, I, even to this day, we we started this store because you know we basically got robbed by some brands. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, you know, we would put on for certain brands. We've done consulting for Adidas. We've done consulting for Under Armour, and a lot of our ideas. They really didn't take heed to them until sometime later. And then we would see these projects come out. We and like, it looked oh. kind of familiar. We, yeah, like identical. And we like, hold up. You didn't do this while we was consulting, but you did it after. Wow. Once, once our contract was over. You know, so we like, well, since they won't let us in the door, we'll make our own door. Mm. And that mindset, man. And that mindset. Oh. Yeah, we have we have to do it that way, you know. Um you know, whether it's we wanted to design sh uh, sneakers, we'll come out with our own sneakers. Own, y'all do your own. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of companies just they wouldn't let us in the door. It's like okay, what cool. You, cool. Was, you think it was a real intimate, like that that you guys are coming with so much knowledge, so much, so much um um ideas, and yeah. what do you think? What do you attribute that to? I yo, I feel like this. I feel like, <clears throat> of course, for some positions that we tried to tried to work for companies, we were overqualified. Wow. Even though on paper, we probably weren't qualified at all. But mm. cultural currency is something serious. Yes. Right? And that's what we have. We have influence in cultural currency. Um, and, and companies pay big money for that, right? Yes. You know, um, I think that, you know, in, in light of who we are and in, in a lot of the situations we were put in, I, I tend to think that most of the people that we were trying to get jobs from weren't better than us at their job and they were in fear that if they hired us that we would supersede any expectations that they had at that job you, you know you know what's beautiful in that twin yeah that's a, because you should be flattered that's a flattery moment like wow you know oh, for sure right so keep for going sure. for sure and so like i said you know um you know the the wale years were were really good right um and i'm, I'm just backtracking a little bit yes. right 
because I got off a little bit. But the Wale, the Wale times were really, really good. You know, shout out to Frank Cook again because you know he's one of those he's one of those guys, and you might need to, I might just set that up for you to do. That's what that's what this is for. That's you know what I mean? Like real talk, man. Um, a genius, you know, and he was a part of that whole ambition situation that we had with Wale. He was a part of that team, and we was in that great, just great run, by the way. Great oh, man, that was some that was some good times, and he had he had a, a vision as well. You know, he believed in the vision that we had. You know, and I truly believe that our our uh, our foresight leads to people's insight. Ooh, I, I really believe that. Yeah. And so you know, Frank, myself, Mo, you know, Trey, everybody, Tone P, you know, we had we had foresight. We already saw us having a Grammy or okay. being invited to the Grammys. So what we did was Frank printed up this picture of a Grammy. Right. <laughs> and our idea was, me and Frank, we went to go print it out and everything and framed it. And our idea was that, of course, you know how people always say, you know, whatever position you want, you have to dress for. You have to be that, right? Absolutely. We were just putting out so much positive energy. The energy was so dope. We actually put a Grammy on the top of the studio desk, right? And a real one. Now, no, not a real one. It was a picture of one. Picture still. And we framed it okay. for the record. For the record. We didn't even have Miguel on the record yet. So this is pre-Miguel. Yeah. We didn't even have him on the record yet, right? We just believed in that record, right? <laughs> Frank wrote it on the paper. We framed it. We ended up getting nominated for a Grammy for that record, bro. Oh, my it's God. Crazy. Crazy. The law of attraction. Listen. Listen. That's what whatever that. energy you put out, you're going to receive back from the universe. That's Flat different. out. Flat. Give me one of those claps again. I'm, I'm gonna give you another one because I mean you ain't kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm preaching. I'm yes. in my bag right now. Listen, millennials, youngins. I hope y'all listening, man. Please. Because see, this is the thing, and I and this is a true testament of who we are. Right. We literally have been, and it's been a frustrating road. Because we're always too early with things. Mm. So you understand what I'm saying? We're talking almost a good problem. Like, like even right now, a lot of the labels that's out right now are using a formula that we created. Don't get it twisted. I saw when I, they had, it was like DJ Drama and a, a bunch of other um, people, they were talking on a documentary. And they, I think he was a little mistaken when he said that Wiz was like the first on the digital wave, it was Wale. We broke file sharing companies. Z share, we crashed them. Life and Times, the Sean Carter crashed the it. Show. Elliot Wilson's website crashed it. Karen Sip crashed it. We were the first to crash the website by putting out our music. Nobody else. Nobody before us. You feel what I'm saying? It was a formula that we invented for what's going on right now. It's Which just is, that nobody was getting paid off streams back then because it wasn't none. You feel what I'm saying? And so it's it's amazing to see where everything has gone now. And it's like this untold story of us. Wall Street Journal did a write-up a long time ago. Talk about it. That's what this is for. Talk about you, it. You know what I mean? And, and like, I, I'll be honest with you. Like I said, it's kind of frustrating because a lot of stuff that people are doing now, we were just super early. And so it gets frustrating when you have to do it all over again. Mm, like you but, have to do the but, same thing over again and have and people are saying this person did it first and, and we sitting back like but twin you know what could 
you know what's the silver lining in that moment where you have a yo i gotta do this again you have your your advance with the knowledge and the step you're able to all right well we could skip that yeah you remember when we could do that for six months now? yeah you know what i'm saying you could apply what you have now to even doing it again almost you're right you know? you're right and that's so a, this is the thing that's think about option. this the concept that we we had for the museum no one really had that concept like i'll, I'll tell you like and what's the concept I, I knew, what's I the knew, concept for those that so, might know. all right so i'll tell you this i knew where retail was going to go before it went there it's crashing now mm. it's been crashing mm. neiman's and bird off and all of these domestic a lot of domestic um department stores and things of that nature they're closing yes. right because nobody wants that shopping experience because it's not an experience no so it's people just people don't want to shop there it's not about the clothes that's what people don't understand it's about the engagement it's about the vibe the energy the lifestyle that's right. why we as african americans most time we want to go shop at tyson's and go to gucci and all that right Go to Louis because they're gonna hand us champagne when we walk we'll feel, in. We'll feel very, you know what I'm saying? Like we'll it's, a, it's an entirely different look. Yeah, you're right. We don't want to come in and get a bottle of water. Get out of here. You know what I'm saying? And our store, when you come in, it's not a store, it's a gallery. What's the difference? We, we have a signature wall when you walk in. Ah. Any any way you felt before you walk through that door, you're gonna you're gonna forget that energy as soon as you walk in. Because right. you're gonna see these vibrant colors. Right, you're gonna see the signature wall where you see other like-minded individuals that signed that wall. That John Hancock is on that wall. They people have to trust you, and genuinely have a certain love and yes. and, and, and and drop the wall down. Yes, to put that John Hancock on the wall. You understand what I'm saying? They have to be. They have to be a hundred percent like vulnerable, like for that moment. Right. Shout out exactly. to Queen here. I see Queen yeah. Cookie. My, I need exactly. to holler at him. And you're right, Frank. It's super organic super right organic. and and that's the experience that we're giving people you know it's that mom and pop feel yeah right? but yeah. it's also art infused so when you're coming in uh some of our like our art director has probably like probably the the most intense or biggest cause collection in in the area you know what i mean uh, like we were on art years ago now it's a whole art wave <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like even the way we get sneakers now is like it's whack. Like yeah. Every time I go onto these sites and I'm trying to get cool sneaks, I wear my sneakers. I don't resell them. You know what I'm saying? You like I you, grew, you I grew up in DC around all fly niggas. Where it was like, nah, so I hooped in my sneakers. I wore them out. Like brand new joints that other people are rocking to. Brand to the new, club. new joints. Ain't none of that reselling. You buy them to rock them. You feel what I'm saying? Like we buying on a rocker, but this is the thing. It's like even the way we the sneaker culture, the way we buying sneakers and shit now. I you mean to tell me I have to get notified, right, on an app first. Walk me through it. Walk me right? through it. For a pair of sneakers that are hundred dollars, right? Okay. I have to get notified for these joints, right? And then I have to be put in a lottery. I'm not a lottery type of nigga. I hear that. You understand what I'm saying? Like. I want my kicks because I can afford to buy them. Why do I have to buy them from a reseller? You understand what I'm saying? They're making it too difficult. They're taking away the experience. Yes. And it's getting corny. It's making me just want to like not even do that shit. Talk and in a minute, cool niggas ain't going to do it. Talk you about know what I'm saying? We're going to be like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? We're going to make our own shoe. 
That's what it's coming to. That's what it's gonna making your own. That's what it's coming to. That's been our whole mo. You know, I I had uh maybe two no, it was about four years ago. I applied for a, a job with a um with a, a liquor brand, right? Okay. Stellar presentation. I'm being fucking stellar, right? So I had the uh, I had the uh, the Snapchat um, what you call it for the Snapchat? Oh, uh, the, the 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 like the filter the, the yeah the filter. The I had a Snapchat filter. Yeah. With my face with the sombrero on, so of course you know it was a tequila, right? I, I hear you. Right. Yeah. And I came with this whole campaign, and I said, if you all tune to your phones right now and go to Snapchat. They went. They saw the filter. They was like, "Oh my god!" Wow. Just that's where I lost it. Because guess what they said to me? Why do you? Why do you want to? Why you want this job? They like in in a way they were just saying like, "We're not worthy." This position that you're trying to get, you're too big for this position. Mm. Don't tell me. Don't tell me what's above me. Ooh. You understand what I'm saying? Ooh, yeah, Don't tell yeah. me what's above me. I do this shit for the wreck. It ain't about the check. I told Nick to hold that. I, I was doing it for the relationships. Right. You right. understand what I'm saying? Which is way more valuable in the long run than a Y'all can still hire somebody else and give them the money if you Look have to. That. Look at that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I, I literally, and I'll tell you, I interned upon graduating college. So that so so now that's a perfect segue. So let, let's keep it on track. Perfect. So now, so you gave us, you came up, and now let's go back that let's flashback slightly to Virginia State home, a uh, Virginia State University G mogul. Like what? What's that college time? Um, in a nutshell, I know you got stories of yeah. stories, but for the purpose of another 20, 25 minutes yeah. that we have here, tell me your overall experience at VSU from the sports to the yeah. to entertainment to the lifestyle. And then we'll, we'll grow from there. We'll come. We'll Virginia State was a great time. It really taught me um, that your uh, network is your net worth. Mm. Honestly, because when I first went there, I was a poli sci major. Okay, make it. political science for two years. Ended up, uh, I heard that sports marketing, they were going to do away with the sports marketing aspect. Um, when you couldn't get a degree in sports marketing, it would be sports management after my graduating year. Okay, so you was involved in a time of transition. By exactly. So I, I ended up switching over because I had started a company called Complete Athlete with my dad. Complete Athlete. So this is your first official company, Complete Athlete. Complete Athlete Consultant, CAC, for sure. Right. And I, I started that with him because, of course, I was vertically challenged, even though, you know, I was one of the best in the country coming out of high school. At that time, my class, it was crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you had so many, like, great players. You had LeBron James, D-Wade, uh, you know what I'm saying? That, that's that class. Yes. Carmelo Anthony, that. You understand? Right. And so, um, you had your Jared Jacks, uh, Amari Stoudemire's, uh, you know, Delonte West, Eddie Baston. Oh, that's a, that's a deep... You know, no, it's crazy. Just in this area alone, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia was retarded. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so that's four years above me and four years after. Right. Crazy, right? Um, and so we started this because I had something else to give outside of basketball. Like, my house was the house everybody came to. You right. know what I'm saying? When they but, by the way, basketball. Twin, would you add prime objective on that list? On the G20? Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, he was crazy with it, but he's much older. Much older, okay. Yeah, Got yeah, it. but we from the same side of town. Got it. So, yeah, okay, sure. so you were saying? Yeah, but um, but yeah, so like, you know, of course, like I said, I was vertically challenged. You know what I'm saying? The league was like, it was so much competition that, of course, it was a prior slim chance that I was going to go to the NBA, right? Right. So I ended up going to JUCO at uh, South Plains, which is Lubbock, Texas. This is right before I'm right before state that summer. End up leaving to come home and play against Muhammad in a 19 and under tournament. A 19 and under tournament. It was like a farewell to the seniors. Got it. Right. It was me, Jared Jack, Chris McRae, all of us on the same team playing against Mo and Ron T. Ron T. Yeah. Morgan State yeah, right was, there. Ron T. So we played against them at Central and the Virginia State coach was there. Mind you, my best friend, he was uh, on College Hill, Rockstar Rod. He had already committed to Virginia State. Uh -huh. I had came home from the JUCO. I was just down there for that summer and was about to go back. To do right. Came home to play in that. The Virginia coach uh, saw me, Virginia State, and was like, hey, you should come play for me. Mm. Me too, but, you know, and I had never even really heard of Virginia State, to be honest with you. Right. So you ain't really hear about HBCU. I mean, Howard's down the block. I, heard, I knew Howard, you know right. what I mean? But, you uh, ain't but that wasn't told to you. When you play AU and you was playing on a level we was playing, you didn't know about Division Two basketball, period. I didn't right. even know nothing about that. When I went on a visit, <laughs> I said, oh, man, listen, this is where I'm coming. I'm coming right here. Forget everything else. You know, and like most this people, I was kind of drained with the basketball thing. Mm. When you start, when you playing your whole life and see, like me and Mo, we didn't play like these kids play now. Like these kids, they might work out for an hour and then they that's it. So, right? You're right. We hooped all day. We didn't change our clothes. Oh, we wore basketball clothes all day. Commitment level, the commitment level. All day long, you're going to go from one gym to the next gym. Then you play outside. And then we were hood celebrities. Mm. So at the end of the day, we might have to go into another neighborhood. I might be going somewhere with my father. I might got on some Air Force Ones, no socks, khaki oh. shorts. But if we go around Kenilworth, I got to play black on the, on the blacktop out back. Got I have you. to. There's no way I can't. You feel what I'm saying? It was the same thing with Mo. Wherever we was going, it was like, listen, y'all got to play my youngest in any neighborhood. You and had to earn your stripes. Every time. You had to earn your stripes. That's right. what it was. Right. You I know? <laughs> yeah. What, what's yeah. up? They talk, what they saying? I was, I was talking to uh, BJ. He gotcha. said all day, one hood to the next hood. Yeah. You know, that was D.C. back then. Like, D.C., I'm going to give you a little bit about D.C. and the, Please and the, do. That's the city. city story. When, when I grew up in D.C., it was the same era Tony Lewis grew up in. Okay, right. right? The 80s. It was really predominantly black, you know. Um, it was a scary city, but it wasn't scary for us. I felt right at home. We didn't know that anything was wrong. It, you it, understand what I'm it saying? It was the complete norm of y'all everyday living. That was just the norm, right? It was the murder capital consecutive years in the in the late 80s, early 90s. Murder capital while in while being still the crap the crack capital of the of the country as well, right? Exactly, exactly. And everything like Mo said was about affiliation. Mm. You know, um, you know, my family, my great uncles and everything, they threw like some of the biggest parties at the Masonic Temple and things of that nature. You know, uh, you know, boxing was their thing, so they threw fights, they had fighters and stuff like that. You know, um, even locked up down low and they was doing the same thing, you know. So a lot of things a lot of uh your clout came from your family name. Got it. You know, it's your last name or who your uncles were, who your father legacy. was. Legacy. It's legacy. It's all legacy.
you know, um, and that's what Mo was saying earlier about how now it's this, uh, what do you call it, man? Like kind of entitled, kind of entitled feeling? Yeah, it is. It is. Real talk. Because people not really earning any respect. Mm. They're not earning no respect. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think half of the people that they call it fashionistas and, and stylists, they can't style. They so can't dress. What do you think it is? Do you think because of the fast-pacedness of our It's culture? because now everything's accessible and people could just buy labels and call it fashion. But this is what I, I believe fashion is. I know that I could put Mo in a thrift store where anybody who they saying is this fly person right. and tell them to start on the even playing field. No designer or nothing. Show me style. And who cooks come, up what? Come out with the best outfits. Right. You feel what I'm saying? And anybody could go to Barney's, Saks. Yeah, give me an off-white shirt and some I love it. shoes. I love Anybody it. Anybody could do that. Yeah. I love you know it. the uniform I'm talking about. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but show, show me. See, this is the difference. When we step out, we might have the same jacket somebody got on, right? But you know what they gonna say? Man, only y'all niggas, man. That's a flat jump. Where you get that from? It's the same Zara coat you got. But it's but that's the difference with styling. Yo, because it's, 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 it's who's wearing it and the or what you bring in, how you bringing it. It's it's a different vibe. Hey, listen, a lot of niggas try to rock that haircut you got. Oh man, man. But flex it, listen. Bob and Josh light though. He oh, was, he about to get that cut in Baltimore too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I I can give you something that's like one of the hardest parts of like designing uh like a collection and line and stuff like that when you start out like with a collection because niggas don't talk about this but this shit is so real right nigga g leaving out real quick um so let me tell you some let me tell you one of the hardest jobs it is right right so you got like five different type of people so when you create a line right you want to be appealing to all these different type of you know um people right so you got people that you got the guy that likes to wear the high end you know uh, you got uh, you know, he like Balenciaga, he like Margiela, he like you know those type of things. Then you got the basic person, right? Who man, they logo maybe this big, you know. Yeah, you got the you got the business professional who only gets dressed on Saturday and Sunday because they work Monday through Friday. But when they do get dressed, they like it simple, but say a little bit. Right. Then you got the person with low self esteem who has to wear super logo heavy. So people could see that they gotcha. are part of a certain type gotcha. of gotcha. right, and gotcha. then you got the person that they don't do well with fashion. They walk inside the store and whatever's on the mannequin, let me get that because I don't have time to think about what I have to do. So when you create a line, I have to create something. I have to when I go and make a t-shirt or make a sweatsuit with a specific with a, a specific uh, design. I think about all five of those people, what medium point I can meet all of them. With. This is perfect. This is like it's the hardest thing, you know? And like for some people, you got to say to yourself, all right, cool. You got different levels of how people shop. So you got some people where it's like, okay, cool. They, they think because you spent 300 that that is like the thing, you know what I'm saying? What you spent. Right. So I know some people who like, you know, they typically might wear off-white every week or something like that. They would look at the museum as like, okay, cool. I mean, it's a cool little streetwear brand or whatever like that. And I didn't set out to do our brand to uh, cater to that audience who spent 250 and all that. You're not like, 
And the, I don't never want you to come in the museum and have to make a lifetime decision. Right. Like never. I, never, not once. When you come in here, you got a buck forty, you might got 30, 40. We're gonna work that out. See, because right. it's so like this way, like the industry meets in the streets. Oh, what's that? So right. in the streets, people, your plug drop it on you, or you go pay for it up front or whatever, you might get uh a hundred of those things, right? Yep. At a decent number. Most niggas gonna wait and they gonna set they they price for you know whoever they gonna serve or whatever, and it's gonna be a crazy number. And so, so the Simmons they got them for seventeen, and they want to be able to they want to get twenty for each one of their joints, right? right? Nah, I'm gonna take eighteen, and I'm gonna get rid of all hundred of my joints. Yes, you get what I'm saying? Yes. Then I can go back and see the main mentality. And the hundred dollars that I made off each joint that I sold. I take that and put that back and go back and cop the same amount that I cop before and just keep stacking until I'm able to double whatever I'm able to double with that. Easy. See, but most niggas, they, they go get 100 joints for 17 and they, man, the street market price right now, niggas paying 21. They going off of that. But you sitting on them jumps for that 21. So it's kind of like in paid in full when, when Kermie went in and ace with with the situation and he yeah, and he like i can move them fast at a low number so that's that's the mentality that i had that's why i never set out to like set the price point so high like and, and that's why i'm able to be able to have so many different um generations of people to yes. wear the museum because yes. it's affordable for everybody absolutely all the way from the the baby that wear the two teeth and it's flat to grandma that's 65 and you gotta think we got now we've we've we went down this road of comfortable comfortable right but still respectable so like you know it's like oh yeah you got the sweatsuit on uh but it's a little jazzy so i'm gonna still let him in this joint right here this this piece this i wore this at the mgm i'm talking national harbor i had a meeting with felt before me and g had our forms and highs joint went in there for the meeting with this joint Man, I, I felt fine. Like, I didn't feel like, and nobody gave me an energy as if, yo, he's in sweats type. You know that right, feeling, that right. aura that. It was all, some people, oh, that's what, like, you saw the, oh, like, how did that come to get? How does that work? But it works right now. You know, right, it, right, 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 it works right. inside of the energy. I mean, you know what I mean? And fashion so, is weird, too. So, you, the thing is, you're still dealing with people with a short attention span. You it. know what I'm saying? So, Sometimes when you got that momentum like that, I don't feel like we have a momentum. You could call it that. But when the brand becomes, um, when it's considered in a relationship with the consumer, they grow with you. You get what I'm saying? So when people come in the shop, they get a certain experience with us of like, dang, I see some young black guys. You know, they talk to me. We return anything as long as it's not warm, bro. You want your cash back? You want cash up, you want it back on the car, however you want it. People not letting you do that. You know what I'm saying? So like we 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 try to like just continue to let people grow with us. You know what I'm saying? And when we started with the brand, I'm gonna give you some history on the brand because a lot of niggas don't know. Please talk to us. I just wanna give niggas a little bit of advice. When you start out a brand and you come up with these names for your brand, try to think it through. You know, you come out of this brand, uh looking sweet dot looking sweet clothing you know what i'm saying uh uh cool cock cool clothing like, like how it comes up. Names. Oh, spit it. it's got to be appealing to the person before they see the actual product you see so what i'm saying 
So it's, the name is everything. So when I came up with the museum, we sat in and we said, okay, why? We said, what can we create outside of music and religion to put people of all ethnicities in one room with a con with, with, with something in common, right? I never knew this story. Continue, please. Art and fashion. It has no color. It has none. You know what I'm saying? So you think about the museum. When you say the museum, you don't say, oh, that's a black-owned brand. Mm -mm. You don't say, oh, there's some white people that own that. There's mm -mm. some Asian people that own that. If the people that come in here is Asian and white, and they always asking, yeah, you have art here? puts people in the same room, no matter where you're from, uh, what your likeness is, or any of that. You know what I'm saying? So when we thought about and it's so broad of a, yes, a, a, yes. a, a, a brand, you know what I mean? Like, we, we just started on our our home goods, you know, we dropping coasters coming up. We got this two-set pillow that's coming up. And so now it's not like about- Y'all have the decor for the home. Y'all gonna move everything. over? Move over. In end of the month, bro, everything. It don't, like, we got everything. Anything Dang. you can think of, phone cases, we got vase, we got we coasters. Coming, ladies, ladies, we coming. Everything, you know what I mean? Ladies. So the thing now is just, the, everybody not gonna be locked into the clothing because that just might not be their thing. Right. But I'll tell you in here. Still get the promotion because they are taking stuff home with them because they like what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, the clothes might not be their thing, but damn, Mo and them just made that hookah joint. I'm gonna have that for my house and I'll, so they took a piece of a piece of you home with them. Yes, yes. Not to just wear when they come back outside, but you always in their house though. Always, which is gonna always. be a reminder to oh shoot. always. Magnets for the refrigerator. And like I said, we did not invent this Got as you. far as this will. No. We didn't reinvent this this culture, this athletic apparel. This has been going on in the city. It divided the city. It let you yeah, know what I wanted to get DC Streetwear. DC Streetwear. So that takes me to that topic. We have about 10 more minutes. So yeah. take take us there to so DC Streetwear. The different brands separated the city and let you know where somebody was from or where they um, kind of grew up with or who they was affiliated with. If you wore all days, you was on the northeast side, you know, Bennett Road a little bit, 21st over there. Right. You know and then they sprinkled around like, you know, Langdon and all that. And that. Uh, southeast, shoot a sport, had southeast, and they had like that southeast oh, Maryland, District yeah. Heights and all that, Capitol Heights. Hobo had majority of southeast, a tad bit of that little northeast. And then they had Maryland on Smash, all that Forestville and Suitland area on 1000. Right. Right. Uptown Madness on 1000. I keep we got one had everybody that was at the lower part, the Sersum Quarter Mob and all that, 7th Street and all that. Got you. City Life had Minnesota Avenue, 36 in Minnesota, and them guys over there and all that, you know, 49th and those places like that. These, Aja Armani had Merlin, Lago, and all these places like right. that. The brand separated the city and it allowed that where somebody. Was, either was from, from who they was affiliated before you with, even met them or them. spoke to them just by what they you didn't were. have to know. So the blessing about the museum and what it's done is it's allowed people to be. You know how many people call be like, "Yeah, I'm in the airport, man. We in the Dominican Republic. Why some family got the museum on with us too, man? We walked over, took pictures together. Bro, I'll like, be in. That's I, what we I, set out to do. I'll be at North Carolina A&T Homecoming, which is in Greensboro, North Carolina, right. and I got on some museum stuff. And it won't even be somebody from DC. That's one thing, right? Like somebody, but it'd be people from all around the country. But oh, yo, yo, that's in DC, right? They automatically put right. it into the, and, so, and it create a, a good a good core love 
with people that you don't even know. Right. It, 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 yo, that's why, let me let me have this second to tell y'all, y'all, Brent, you just said it best that back in the day in the chocolate city, it was, you know, by default, just, oh, if you're wearing that, wearing that. It was like a, a dead giveaway, right? Mm -hmm. They would say. The museum has managed to unify not just every part of Washington, D.C., but beyond. Because when people come, because D.C. being a, 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 a heavy, um, you know, traffic as far as people coming down for the weekend. Right. They always, they, that's why I called call this um, this chapter the Landmarks Landmark, because people not only want to stop here and here before they leave, they want to stop at the museum to get a piece yeah. of to take it on the road. So y'all have become a, a part of the culture in a way that I can't even think that y'all would imagine. Like, it's crazy. It's cr if, if, if there's anybody that's listening, it's one thing that me and G, we sit and we, this only time we sit and we literally just like slapping fives to each other. Okay. And one thing. Talk otherwise, we're never satisfied. That's our biggest part. We go back and forth every day like, about, oh, now nah, we could be doing more of this and, you know, whatever. But each year when we had the museum, we coming up on five years. Each year that we had the museum, Let me just get we out, focused right. on one thing. One thing. The first year, we focused on community. So we reached out to this. We reached out to that. We rock with the kids and we touched this person and touched that person. Right. So actually, the first year, let me tell you what we focused on. We focused on the experience when you walked in our store it was black wood floors hardwood floors venetian tower ceiling. Like it had pillars and things of that nature I and it was like a place to be so people wanted to have events and they took pictures and all that second year we focused on community third year we focused on marketing right fourth year we focused on product we got the product where we wanted the product to be so each year we took a step and said, okay, cool. This this the next cylinder. Okay, yeah. now the car looking good. Cause we got we got the wheels on there, this one working and this one working. Uh, we focus that, on that, what? we right. got that slow leak. We got that slow leak on the front left side. You know what I'm saying? And we just continue to move forward. And the one thing that took us to the next level, I don't care nothing about no hype beats, no none of that. The streets took us to the next what level. Bah, 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 bah. The, the neighborhoods. And DC took us to the next level. Period. There some quarters, 7th Street, Langdon Park, Saratoga, 14th Street, 640, MLK, Congress Park, Benham Park. All these places. We went inside and pumped out the trunk and was like, look, there's certain people in this hood that's getting a lot of money and they hood rally behind whoever that front line is. Right. So we got the outfits in them to them. Just and then it just said pion pion pion. Cause one thing about the streets, man, don't ever forget this. Ain't no drought and ain't no pandemic, chump. Ain't no drought. Understand that. Yeah, no bull. The cluckers is out every day. Ain't had nothing to do with no mask, no none of that. So the streets always got money to spend. And understand about black people, we live beyond our means, good or bad. Right. We live when when everybody else wasn't spending, right. we still spending. Prime right. example, you got. 10 years with a $700 iPhone. Serious business. Hey. got think about that sometimes. So we want our kids to have the best. Even if we got to struggle for the next we just want week. Them to be right. We're going to do that. The pandemic, it really didn't hit us like it hit the other people. I got you. You feel know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we were already thing. used Any... to this. Yeah. They been in the pandemic for 20 years. We're not used to this. <laughs> we grew so, up in the pandemic. So look, you're right. So look. 
look, look, look. That takes me because I, I have three more points before. I think we got like six minutes. So real quick, with the uh, virtual pop-up shops, a phenomenal job that y'all are doing. Great marketing. Uh, great, mar great marketing. Great marketing, right? The yeah, my so, man. That was my man, Mo. Print shop mode. Shout out to print shop mode. And, and, and Mitch oh. and G, they had everything to do with that. I have anything to do with that. All right, so, so I do, execution went great though. When's the next one? Because I when's the, I got a next one, another date. Yeah, well this this next one it, this is different. This one's gonna be very different. Okay, okay, so we'll we'll face to 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 talk more about that. Yeah. Uh, Two more points. Um, the looting. So you guys were a victim to the un unnecessary, uh, you know the breaking and whatnot yeah. that you guys put up on, on social media. How how have you guys recovered and 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 what was y'all feelings about that? Like did y'all okay, did y'all did y'all spirit get a little shook because y'all no hell no we used like honestly I'm, that's like somebody breaking in my car fool right like, it ain't no you know I mean at the end of the day I feel like the store is a safe haven like in in the hoods around this city and the good people around this city the business professionals. Even the congressmen and, and them type of people, you know that this joint is protected. You oh, know what I'm saying? Perfect. And for somebody to do that, you know, to get what they got, like they probably could have came and just asked for that. We would have gave them that. For sure. Sure. But it's just, they didn't know what they was doing. They don't know what like, they was doing. Out, right. Which is okay. understandable. And I get that. You know, so for us, it was like, okay, cool. Uh actually the window is already done. It's ten Y'all look good. So it was I just wanted to make sure that No, hell no. It is motivation though. It's motivation, and the day that that happened, we sat down and we said, oh, we about to redo the store. That's how. It was overwhelming for us because the amount of love that the city showed, though, right. and people outside felt, the city, I felt unbelievable. It, yeah. and like, that, it, it's just reassurance of y'all's stake in the community, right? Me personally, I never got that amount of love in a short amount of time in my life. Period. Oh man, look how it works. Call and text. It works. So look, unreal, bro. The NBA, everything they call it. Like yo, are y'all good? Right. Mean anything? What's going on? Look at that. Look at the concern. So look, we got fifty seconds, and this is the final question. This was amazing, guys. First of all, the New Balance beef between Philly, Baltimore. Can we? Is DC the starters of the new? Of course, man. Listen, we got thirty seconds. They was winning it ain't nine eighties. Bro, we went nine nine sixes, five seventy fat asses. All that we've been doing that, man. And see, a lot of cities they probably was wearing New Balance. They was wearing the five thirty nines with the fat porch monkey soul. Like y'all, y'all got the y'all got the first rock phone and Nike boots. Niggas calling them Gordones. There it goes. So look. Only 10 seconds left, fellas. Thank y'all. Appreciate y'all for joining, man. And shout out my man Rich right here. Ricardo. Rich, what up, man? You got to do him. Done. Right. Done. <laughs> I'm pregnant. <laughs> Love y'all.